Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and to my left is Motley Fool Premium Analyst and the Butch Cassidy to my Sundance kid, Taylor Muckerman. What's up, Taylor? hope we don't get tracked down by some Indians, man. Oh, jeez. I want to make, make it out alive on this show. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the line that he says when they're about to run out? I have no idea. I need to watch it now. Shoot. Old school movie. I shouldn't make references like that if I don't know the the climactic yeah, line. Yeah, right? Um, it's probably been 10 years since I've seen that. <laughs> anyway. I'll YouTube it while you talk. How about that? Uh, that actually would be a great solution. <laughs> do you mind? Um, so uh, today we're going to wrap about uh, energy ex- executives essentially thriving whilst their companies slog through Chapter 11 bankruptcy court. Yeah. Uh, lack of pipeline capacity. We had a listener tweet in. we got to talk about that. And um, despite, uh, I found a great article about how they were not going to have this problem, but apparently pipelines, they're, they're running out of them in the Permian Basin to oh, get really? oil out of there. Yeah. So, I don't know. You like it? We like it? I, I wonder mean, how the Delaware Basin within the Permian is doing. They're certainly producing a lot of oil there. I mean, that's the hottest place to be right now, apparently. So That's where the party um, is. Seems like they might have caught some people off guard. Dun, dun, dun. Um, not good for anybody, really, though. I mean, it's good for the pipelines because they're maxed out, but it's not good because they didn't plan properly. And then for the oil producers, it's not well, good because they it, can't get their oil and natural gas taken to the market. It's great for the pipelines, and I got the list of the companies that are there. Oh, you so, do, do yeah, you? Yeah, I got a list. Um, but first, before we do that, we got to okay. talk about Libya real quick because it's crashing oil right now. Um, there, it's very sad. Oil's down two percent at the time of this recording. The field that was shut down, Libya's Sharara oil field, is uh, back in business. Three hundred thirty thousand barrels per day of daily oil production. Um, this happens all the time, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, apparently the oil markets thought Libya was just never going to produce oil ever again. Well, I remember. Uh, I was like. 2010, 2011, and it was like when oil was like going up a ton and everything, and that's when um, it just completely shut down for a while. But uh, yeah, they're back. So I don't know. It just ho hum. Yeah, ho hum. I mean, has it been a month since it shut down? Um, I don't remember when it did. Maybe a month. But yeah, at the same time, it's good. It shows that the markets are responding to things like this rather than when. You had shutdowns and and uh, uprisings in 2014, and oil markets just yeah. stayed on the same trajectory. So at least you you now have some some immediate reaction to supply and demand disruption. So for sure, maybe we're tightening the balance a little bit here. Markets are becoming more efficient. Yeah, yeah. how about that? Um, moving on here. So we actually had a listener tweet into our TMF Energy Twitter handle, and uh, Peter F. Smith. He is uh, at PSU Pete. Uh, tweets us and says, uh, "When are you guys going to do a deep dive into Pembina?" Pembina nailed it. Nailed it. You yeah. told me to say it like a Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. it's yeah. even if it's even quicker in, in, the, in the YouTube videos. Pembina. Pemina, 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 Pemina. Why do they drop the B? I don't What's, know. It's just the way it sounds. I don't know if they're dropping it or not. But to all of our wonderful Canadian listeners, our neighbors to the north, please tell us why the Pemina. B is dropped. I mean, it sounds like you can kind of hear a B, but can't really hear the B. Uh, it, you can't. Pemina, come on, stop. Pemina pipelines. I mean, nailed it. Okay. Um, this guy actually, he says, I, I would love Taylor's insight. So Taylor, what do you think about? There's a lot Pemina? of pressure. Pemina. Pemina pipelines. Oh, yeah. So it's a Canadian company. Um, so shout out to uh, to the folks I work with on our Motley Fool Canadian services um, hey. pipelines. So not necessarily having the same constraints as the Permian because they're dealing with um, the oil sands, uh, crude oil, oil sands, and natural gas liquids. 
out of the Western Canadian sedimentary basin and ethane from North Dakota and Saskatchewan. So, so pretty is this tar. Is this oil sands? No, not all of it. I mean, oh, okay. it, it still does regular crude oil and natural gas liquids. Um, but then you have ethane, so uh, uh, as singled out as one of the natural gas liquids. Um, so pretty well diversified in terms of the the natural resources that they're that they're funneling through their pipelines. Seems to be growing pretty rapidly. Um, about a billion, 1.2 billion in projects completed last year. Trying to complete 4.3 billion in projects this year. Uh, most of it should be done by the middle of 2017, with a few stragglers coming in towards the end. So, uh, definitely upping their capacity, trying to be Canada's largest gas processor. Um, and and if you think about the need for the fractionation of natural gas liquids into all their their base like ethane and butane and everything and then also just natural gas processing in general the use of it for energy and input um it seems to be a smart idea so, uh What's yeah up? these uh for if you haven't heard of the company these guys are not small no they're not small they're, at all they're 12.9 billion market cap yeah. dividend yield of 4.8 percent and um is this common they're the one of those guys that pay a monthly dividend uh, it is fairly common in Canada to see. It's not like it's not fifty percent. I like my monthly check. Eh? It's yeah. It's, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not like fifty percent of the market does it. But yeah, there right. is certainly. I feel like significantly more companies doing it up there than in the United States. Um, and speaking of their dividend, very consistent dividend growth. They just raised their their annual dividend uh, by six and a quarter percent, not yield wise, but uh, payment wise. Uh, in, is that 16 to 17 cents a month, basically? Something like that? I don't remember what the exact cents know. work out to in the, on the quarterly, on the monthly basis, but um, the, the overall payment for an annual basis raised by 6.25% uh, April 3rd. And it's, it's not just a one time thing. They've been raising their dividend pretty consistently uh, over the last decade or so and improving margins, improving their, their, their cash flow. So. Um, certainly seems seems to be operating at a very high level. Eighty percent of their their contracts and EBITDA come from fee for services, so pretty stable, consistent. Um, you know, you can have good foresight into what kind of revenue they're going to be making on a year in year out basis, and a very secure customer base with around eighty percent of their customers having investment grade credit ratings or um, secured counterparties. So. So sounds like interesting company. Yeah. So if the if the oil markets go bump again, they're at a fairly low risk to have bankrupt customers that can't foot, can't foot the bill. Um, so yeah, it seems like a good company. I hadn't really ever taken too deep of a dive in it, but uh, do love the the midstream, the pipeline companies in the oil space. If you're going to get exposure to energy and growing capacity, growing dividend and uh, sound balance sheet. So. Cool. Certainly worth looking at for anybody that wants access to the Canadian oil markets. There you have it. Uh, so uh, two nights ago, you sent me a fun article here. Uh, Permian growth overwhelms pipeline capacity. It's from WorldOil.com. Um, you sent me this. I sent you the CEO. Pack. Oh, I'm sorry. We this is this is your yeah. bag right here, I'm man. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> In fact, you know what? Since you. We'll talk about the executives. Fine. Since I, you're so hot to talk order about you it, fine. Go. Whatever order you want to go. I just I can't believe this because I found another. I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. All right. Um. So, 
more than a few oil, you know, oil and gas companies producers have gone belly up in the last couple of years. Well, they but went through some restructuring. They emerged. It's not quite belly up because there's a big difference between Chapter Seven bankruptcy, which is liquidation, and Chapter Eleven, which is what you restructuring, restructuring, yeah. getting rid of some debt, converting it to equity, that kind selling of thing. selling some assets. Yeah. Um, which of course begs the question: What happens to the executives? Yeah. Um, sounds like some good stuff. Well, good stuff for whom? Them. Uh, for them, there's a lot of good news. So, uh, the Houston Chronicle uh, recently put out an article showing that uh, 10 companies with uh, promises to management of between 5 to 10% of new equity rewards go ahead and reserve. Of the company, the new. Yeah, of the new oh, restructured boy. equity structure, 5 to 10% of those outstanding shares are just reserved for management. And why, why are the debt holders, the bondholders, okay with this? I mean, so the, a lot of people are saying. I mean, I know they don't want to run an oil company, but still. Yeah, well, a lot of people are saying that. Hey, man, these guys are able to build this company to begin with. We don't want them to be offered more money from somewhere else and jump ship, and then have to. But their company went under from, Taylor. I know, <laughs> I know. And then they have to emerge from restructuring with the CEO that might not know as much about the company. Blah 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 blah. I personally, as a shareholder, would not be too pleased. I mean, I'm fine well, with the same CEO being If you're an original shareholder, there. you're gone. Sorry. I'm I'm fine with the CEO remaining, but not with like increased all this money share yeah. structure. And it's just a bad incentive structure when um, they can make even more money than they're being given. All right, so Floyd Wilson, twenty-four point one million dollars in annual comp coming out of Halcone's restructuring bankru- bankruptcy restructuring. Um, up from an average of the previous few years of three point four million, so almost eight x. It's good to be the king. Now that's within that twenty four point one million. It could be higher or lower in value because some of it is options based, some of it is restricted shares based. So they vest over time. But the simple fact that these are the predominant amount of this share, this compensation is share based. You might have a situation where some of these CEOs at least it's not cash. Just try to I don't know. Just try to roll out as quickly as possible and get themselves into the same situation that led them to bankruptcy when the oil market sold off. Um, so Lynn Energy, one of your favorite oh, uh, oil oh, companies of yesteryear, oh. um, their CEO Mark Ellis received sixteen million dollars in uh, restricted shares post bankruptcy. That company actually set aside seven percent of shares to award management. Uh, which at the time of the the res- reservation uh, were worth 173 million dollars. This is a company that was one of the biggest bankruptcies in the entire energy world over the last couple of years, what setting aside seven percent of their shares for management rewards. No words. Yeah, no words. And Goodrich Petroleum, Basic Energy, among the other two that were part of that ten that they identified. So to me. Hooray for them, but the incentive the incentivization is all wrong when coming out of bankruptcy. Yeah. Giving them vested shares. I wonder what happened options. in the last like big downdraft, like in the nineties in the oil sector or something, if this happened. Yeah, I don't like, know if there's a study. paper out there about that, but uh Oh well. Um so bottom line, don't worry, the executives are just fine. Yeah, they're doing all right. But um if you wanna if you maybe want to invest in a company that's just restructured thinking there might be an opportunity for some significant upside. Bear in mind that seven percent of it's going. They, they <laughs> could they could be incentivized for rapid growth and long term potential destruction, depending on the cyclicality of the industry. Beautiful. Um, all right, so 
the big show. Yeah, what permian is it? Over, permian over capacity. Um, so this is really. Oh boy, this is funny. So as I mentioned, Permian growth overwhelms pipeline capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of 2017, four new pipeline projects are expected to add over eight hundred thousand uh, dollars, eight hundred thousand barrels per day of capacity, and it is sorely needed. Um, EIA estimates production from the Permian Basin this year will grow four hundred twenty thousand barrels per day. Um, apparently, WTI Midland prices relative to WTI Houston are all out of whack because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is particularly funny because I found this article back from uh, oh shoot, what, uh, the Midland, their uh, Midland Times, their uh, newspaper. Um, this is from twenty sixteen, March twenty sixteen. So this is just a year ago. Yeah, I mean, this is not you know. Study finds Permian has four years of extra pipeline capacity ahead. What's going on here, guys? Like, did, did it really catch everybody that off guard? That uh, well, I think when you when you were talking about oil production and natural gas production several years ago, the United States was more diversified. Now Permian right. is the lowest cost. Well, in some in some areas, so the it's lowest kind of like cost. a bottleneck kind of a situation. Yeah, so everyone's yeah. been rushing to the Permian versus. Folks focusing a little bit more on the Williston, a little bit more on the Eagle Ford, a little bit more on the Niobrara. So, all so the I, news has been about everyone rushing to the Permian and, and really ramping up that region's production. So I um so I found a fun I don't know map with mm-hmm. a list of all the pipelines in the Permian uh, put together by Credit Suisse. Um, crude takeaway capacity in the Permian Basin currently, um, and these are all the operating companies. Yeah. Um, Plains All American Pipeline, I think, is the company. Yeah. Um, Heard of that one? Oxy, Sunoco, Kinder Morgan, and of course Magellan. Yeah. Um, Some pretty big names in there. For sure. Um, the biggest on the list is Plains, 450,000 barrels of capacity per day. Sunoco's 400, and then it kind of tapers off from there to Magellan, 225, Kinder Morgan, 120, Oxy, 75. So this is this 1.27 million barrels of daily production uh, capacity we're talking mm-hmm. about to move it. Um, there's. Uh, more coming online, mostly from Magellan, Plains, and Sunoco. Yeah, I think it would have to. Re- Hopefully, it's coming online because they've already been building it. Well, they've been planning. If I was I an mean, investor, I don't want to see companies right. running out to build crazy capacity build just now. because there's a shortage, because uh, it'll probably diffuse itself over time. Right. So, um, I mean, these are far- apparently the management of these companies has been pretty far sighted because there's no way that they rushed in there. It's just they built these and everything. Yeah. No, so, yeah, these take these take years. Well, not maybe not years, years, but yeah, a year or more to uh, throw these things together on the on the bigger scale of takeaway capacity. I was surprised Kinder wasn't bigger in the Permian. Yeah, well, you look at them, and uh, a lot of their business is natural gas. Mm-hmm. So and it, it might oil, not be there, there's there, oil in their Permian hills. Yeah, there is oil. I mean, there's some natural gas there too, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of Kinder's business is, is natural gas. Um, which of those pipelines do you like the most? Out of read them uh, off again. Plains, Oxy, Sunoco, Kinder, and Magellan. Hmm, that's a tough question, man. I'll give you thirty seconds. To, how about I give my answer on the next week's show? You're killing me, man. I mean, I don't have a favorite right off the top of my head. I mean, I own Sunoco. Oh, so I, that's I your guess, favorite then. Yeah, but I don't know at the moment. I mean, I like it, so I'm holding it. But would I, if I had to buy shares of one of those today, would it be Sunoco? I don't know. Deep. I need to look at the other ones to Deep. make sure. I can't go ahead and tell. Writing uh, a check is important. I'm being though. honest to our re- our listeners that if I don't know enough about all of them, I'm not gonna I'm yeah. not gonna choose one over the other because one of them that I don't know enough about might be better. Touche. 
Um, so next week, I'll look at that list and and I'll give you my number one Permian-based pipeline company. Oh boy, number oh boy. oh yeah, we'll make a whole show about. Yeah, it. well, no, we won't. We'll, we'll do DCF no, analysis. We won't. No, we'll do, uh, it'll just be my favorite is, and then we'll talk about something less meaningful. Fine. What could be? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Touche. Um, I actually just wrote an article about uh, Kinder. I like their turnaround. You do, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, out of that group, I know that they de- they definitely have uh, some solid free cash flow generation, which isn't necessarily it's just the, the norm. And they're they're on the line with paying out their dividend again. Yeah. It's, it's it's all you know. I do appreciate free cash flow with the pipeline company because not all of them have it. Because generally, your yeah capex is yeah they way been, above Kinder Morgan your, your has operating been cash flow just under two billion dollars in free cash flow. Even throughout all these, I mean, they're 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 a little bit more leveraged than the average company, but yeah. uh, just under two billion in free cash flow. I think I looked back three, four, five years, and I was like, yeah, this is you know. Yeah, so. I mean, even Pembina, they they're free cash flow negative, and Enbridge free cash they're flow just negative. Blowing money on new projects, like what's going on? Yeah, I mean, a lot of capex. If you're building four billion dollars of projects in one year, and For your sure. operating cash flow is in the two billion dollar range, up to three billion dollar range, got to go to the debt markets a little bit. Yeah, more, but yeah. I mean. That's why you've seen not the only reason, but that's why you've seen a lot of growth in this industry is because debt has been pretty cheap. For sure. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for your thoughts, Taylor. As always. Yeah, brother. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune tomorrow for the Tech Show with Dylan Lewis. And the special thanks once again to our producer, Austin Morgan. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have full more recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based only what you hear in this program. For Taylor Markerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!